Um, yeah, so we just we're live now. It's, it's a looks like it's officially sweater vest season. You, I don't know. I don't think you can officially say that you are a producer unless you have gone through sweater vest season. You know, I think it's. I know you got your guys who wear your suits and ties, but uh, I'm more of a polo vest kind of guy. So this is mark of a, of a uh, tenured producer. And I feel so cool now. Part of the club. I, yeah. you know, it's funny. I went, um, gosh, probably till like 2020 until I actually got my first vest. <laughs> and I felt so cool because, you know, I was like, wow, I fit in with all the other producers. And then I got my pair of on clouds. I had to wear those to the office, like all the other You're what? producers. On cloud shoes. <laughs> Have you what are iron clouds? On cloud. It's like running on shoes. Cloud. Oh, it says O N. It's like Swiss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I remember I, I remember coming to Austin. I was like, man, I gotta fit in with this this tech forward kind of insurance producer crowd here. Um and then the other thing I have never acquiesced on is is boots though. I still when I moved to Texas in 2014, everyone's like, dude, you gotta get a pair of boots. You're gonna get a boot pair of boots. And I'm like, no, no. They're like, I ah, just give it a few years. Here I am. Um, what is it? Nine years later, no cowboy boots yet. So I'm well, proud of that. I'm a little disappointed. I'm rocking some boots right now, and I'm in Louisiana. We're like your, you know, your redheaded stepchild. Yeah, I'd say that's a good way to describe you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, what do you want to? Uh, enough of the small talk. What do you? What do you want to jam on today? Uh, I thought you had a plan. I don't have a plan. Um, I mean, we can talk about the ten. We can talk about the Ten Commandments and kind of go over the the first five that I laid out in the newsletter. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I thought. I thought that was the plan, okay. but okay, I'll let you well, kind of recap them and then we can kind of okay. riff on them a little bit or yep. expand. On okay, them. so um, let me pull this up here. Well, you're pulling that once- up. Go ahead. Appreciate the uh, the Mount Salas reference. My Bro, family. That sounded lineage that would was, be so proud. When I reread it, I was like, oh my God, that's such a that's so gay. <laughs> uh, it's, so, it's, it's, it, it could be turned uh in other ways. And I was like, oh my God. If I wasn't if I was a reader reading that, I'd be like, oh, that's yikes. I didn't take it that way. I actually just took it as a sacrilegious, you know. Back religion. <laughs> uh, I no, I'm, just... I'm 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 hardcore practicing Catholic. I just I thought it would. Y'all don't have many rules to follow, apparently, huh? No, not really. Just don't kill anybody. Yeah. Uh, where the heck is this at? You should know these by heart. I know, but I'm just trying to. Okay. So here's the backstory. Um, it's like we obviously were big advocates of cold calling and, you know, we talk about different objections and overcoming it and all that, but I I have just, I felt like there was a kind of a basics, a cold calling 101 that kind of needed to be covered. Um, and so that's, that's basically all this is. It's like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are coming into insurance and they, they get the script from us and they do all the stuff, but they still, it's like first principles still don't, you know, 
understand first principles because they just haven't been in the sales game for a long time. And so that's all this was, it's basically just like a, a basics of cold calling. Um, so number one, thou shall plan tomorrow today. And I know you're a big advocate of this as well, but basically, you know, when you don't, I, and all I'm saying is, is have your list already ready to go when you show up that morning. Because when you come in and you don't have a list, you can get busy, you get sidetracked, or you start trying to build a list right there, and then you start going down rabbit holes. And it's just, if you want to, if you want to stick to hitting your calls every day, I highly recommend having your list set out the night before. Now, you and I both already have our lists because don't, do you still divide yours up like a A, a B, a C and that stuff? No, not really. But when, but, but I mean, you have a lead list that when you come in, you have, you know who you're calling. Yeah. I mean, cause my CRM does it all for me, but yes, it's all pre-flooded. Like here's all my call follow-up calls that I'm making today, you know? So now some days it might only be 15 to 20. Some days it might be 50, 40. Right. Um, and then you're gonna have days where you miss calls so that I'm always calling those people that day as well. But if it's a day where I have 20, then I just prospect new stuff. That's, you know, you're always hunting. And I think that was one of your points right. as well. But. Yeah. So in the letter, I just basically took it, you know, lay out three, four different sub lists. Like if you've got a list of 300, break it out into sections of 50 or 25 or whatever. So when you show up, you know what you're what you're going with. OK, beat that one down. Uh, number two, thou shalt prioritize prospecting. Uh, so based off commandment one, you know who you're going to call that day. Awesome. Now you need to know when you're going to call them. Um, we're all get calls and put out fires and submissions and this client had a wreck and whatever. Um, but you got to protect that time. Highly recommend penciling in every day. I have it set on my calendar as to when it's going to be. Um, but just knowing when you're going to get it done. Cause if you come in and you're putting out fires and you're just reactively going throughout your day, then the chances that you're going to stop change course, and then just you know start doing the thing you loathe most, making cold calls is not going to happen. Uh, and I know that because uh, I'm as guilty as the next guy. You want me to chime in after you're done with these recapping the five, or how do you want to do that? I don't give it. Just whatever. I'll go through them and then you chime <laughs> in. Don't matter. Just want to, I want it to be somewhat you know organized here, so I'm not cutting you off and going back. No, and cut me off. I don't care. No, no. Go through. Go through the five. That I just want to make sure. Okay. I, okay. I'm we'll just go taking notes. The five. Okay. Uh, number one, thou shalt plan tomorrow today. Commandment number two, thou shalt prioritize prospecting. Commandment number three, thou shalt start with a big-ass lead list. <laughs> number four, commandment four, thou shalt make cold calls every day. And five, thou shalt only sell to the decision maker. Um, and so that's the five. I have five more coming out next week. And then I actually have five more coming out after that. So, <laughs> damn. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you just, We're going to call it the Ten Commandments. Yeah, the Ten Commandments. Uh, we're like the Mormons of cold calling. You know, you have the original ten, but then we come on at the end. <laughs> yeah, man. Add a little extra. <laughs> hey, it's, uh, in our world, we can make how many commandments I guess we want. But oh uh, God, sorry to all you storming, any storming Mormons out there. Uh, 
Actually, I'm not sorry. Thick, thick skin. Come on. We're all having fun. All right. So um, let, me, let me chime in on a couple. Go ahead. And then you can, you know, let's, let's talk about a couple of these. So, so plan tomorrow today. I know we, we already hit on that a little bit, but I wanted to add one thing to that. I'd say plan next quarter today. So, um, you know, people always talk about chasing X dates and like, oh, if you if you go off of X dates, you're you're chasing X dates. I'm like, I'm not chasing X dates. Chasing X dates is I'm pulling up 60 days out and I'm trying to quote stuff right within a 60 day time frame or even a 90 day time frame. I'm trying to work out 120 to 150 because I just think that's the best time. It's right before the buying window. They're kind of thinking about it. They still remember the renewal, and you're still got people that push you off. But um, that's the window I'm reaching out to these people. But when I say next quarter, so. Tomorrow or December 1st is coming up here in a couple of days. Um, and, and Ian and I talk about this, but basically all my Februarys are rolling off, right? If I haven't got my foot in the door yet, whatever, that the month of February is shot. Now, if someone calls me back, yes, I'll work it. Or if I have one that, that I'm still trying to get in touch with, but I'm moving on to March, right? And, and April, really. So um, that's what I mean by, and then what I mean is, okay, it's December 1st. Let's look at March through maybe mid-April and let's pick out um, 50 right? 50 really top accounts that I want to get in front of that month. Um, and there'll be more I'll call, but I'm just saying to stay somewhat focused. Those are the top 50 that I'd be like, Hey, I'd really like to get in here. Maybe that's where I do drops, right? Maybe that's where, because it's, we're so far out. So I can say, Hey, I'll do drops in the month of December for, for April. Cause I'm kind of planning that first seed and that's it. I'm not going to keep dropping on them every week, but do my one drop and then follow, follow, follow. Um, so anyways, that's, that's all I wanted to add on that one. Okay. Uh, number two, prioritize. Yeah, um, man, I, you did a good job of spelling this out in the letter. You know, we talk about the importance of protecting our time. We're all guilty of this. Like, you know, days go by and it's like, holy cow, I made only 20 calls. Like, that's pathetic. Like, my job is to be a producer. My job is to sell. Uh, so I know you and I kind of talk about this a lot, but it's like, how can you not find four hours to just pick up the phone and call people? That still gives you four hours to... Do whatever the heck you want to do. Go on LinkedIn, read read a book, go take a CE course, go to a networking event, whatever. But prioritize that four hours to get it done. Now, if you have a busy morning, you can't obviously make it first every morning, but then you know that, okay, that afternoon it's sacred, right? I got to get the four hours, like, or I got to get my, you know, 40 calls, whatever you want to do. If it takes you three hours, that's fine. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, and that's where it's more back to the weekly you know, we talk about time blocking and this is one thing too. I think, I know you do this trade where you just set up like an auto reminder, like for the whole year essentially. So you just, your calendar floods automatically. I actually don't really like that or I'm not a fan of it for myself. What I prefer is to go in every Monday morning or Sunday night, whatever you want to do. If you're real ambitious, uh, but I go in there and look at the week. And I think it forces you to be actually more mindful of the time you're blocking versus just having it on auto. Like, oh, you know, here's a time block that pops up on my calendar from nine to 11, Monday through Friday. I think it starts to become, it loses some of that like accountability factor and it just becomes something that you can shift around. But if you sit there Monday morning and then you set that time, I think it makes a big difference. I was no, going to tell you that, that actually, <clears throat> and I, I just personally offline, I was going to tell you that. Um, and I, I hadn't, but anyways, so here I am telling no, you. No, I, yeah, I appreciate that. And and I've noticed, I've definitely noticed that, I guess, and I, if I'm thinking about it, if I'm doing, if I'm doing it well, I'm also going in 
like I did it yesterday morning while I was laying in bed. <laughs> we just had the flu come through our house. Uh, and I, I looked, I have my week scheduled out. Obviously, every, I have it blocked out that every morning I'm making calls, which obviously I'm not doing that right now. Um, but then I go through at the beginning of the week and then I look at specifically what I have for that week. And then I'll just move my blocks around. Does that make sense? So I basically yeah. have it as office hours and call block. That's what it says. So if I have like, we have a training, uh, agency training at 930 this morning. So I just switched my blocks around, you know what I'm saying? But if gotcha. I'm planning things out in the future, like setting, um, the main thing is, is like, once you start, you know, your pipeline starts rolling, you start setting meetings. I like having it blocked out. That way I always schedule my meetings in the afternoon, not in the morning, you know, so you can just kind of have some type of, but I want to push back on you a little bit mm -hmm. on what you said where you're like, I mean, everybody's got four hours. I can't tell you the number of people that I talk to that are, that are, let, let's, let's just throw four hours out the window. Let's call it two hours that okay. they, that they just cannot rep. I, I like, how do you two hours? Where do you find two hours? Um, now I don't have that problem. I definitely can find two hours, but I think that, you know, a lot of, I think it comes down to two things. You have a lot of, uh, a lot of producers who do handle a lot more of their day-to-day uh, -day issuing certs, they do a lot of the service work. So I, I think that's fair. But the second part is, is I think there's a, and, and we've talked about this a hundred times, uh, a gazillion times, but I still think it doesn't quite register. Is that, you know, I think you have a lot of people that kind of take our process piecemeal, but they still kind of, you know, they quote where they can, or they're not actually just living and dying by the BOR. And I think that's one thing that you do, like you've already built up a you know pretty sizable book in your first two years and you still have, you have four hours every day. Now granted you do have some awesome AEs, but I think it just kind of goes back to, I don't think most people realize how much time you actually have when you're not chasing apps and underwriters and tracking down information. I mean, literally until you get a million, you know, $2 million book, your day is just prospecting every day, right? Because the only time you're actually doing that work is is when you already control the account and it's to renewal time, right? And so as you build your book, you're gonna have X dates that pop up of your existing clients that you have to work on. But I mean, that's just getting updated, you know, exposures and this and the other, having a few conversations there. I mean, what, what's that, an hour or two a day? I mean, you still have a huge chunk of time if you're not getting caught in the minutia of chasing quotes. That's an excellent point. And I was actually just talking with my colleague yesterday about that. <clears throat> like we were talking about going from a carrier to a, an agency and I was at Federated for those who don't know, which was a marketing rep you're selling directly. So you have to quote, but man, that week, like my first six months I was working 80 hours a day. I'm not even, or a week, not, not even, that's 80 hours a day that's a record bro <laughs> i don't know how you pulled that off but that is that's a record i should be a multi-millionaire if i have that much time in a day but um yeah so i was doing 80 hour weeks but then after like six months i got the rhythm down i got the this everything down and i was still i led the district in quoting i think i threw up like 55 quotes or something like that my last kind of partial year there about nine months there and um but i had a rhythm down right so i was like but I still had time to, 
our business plan was 10 drop-ins a day and I would do usually 15 to 20 and it was five days a week, right? So that's a drop-in, like physically driving your car, going out there, making small talk, saying, hey, let's quote, let's talk, let's stay in touch, whatever. And so my whole point in saying that is that the time is there. Um, but back to the whole point I was making, I was talking to a colleague yesterday going from the carrier to the agency side. So that's what my life is at the carrier. But I said, I told him, I said, the biggest hurdle for me when I came to, when I was at uh, Marsh at the time, Houston, um, our CEO was like, hey, you can't quote. That's not even an option. I know we've shared this story before, but the hardest obstacle for me mentally to get over was the fact of like, as a salesperson, I think a lot of us feel this way. It's like, well, we have that pipeline and we have those deals we're working on that make us feel good. It's like a dopamine hit for a salesperson. Mm -hmm. right? it's like, it makes you feel good. But at the end of the day, you're, a lot of that time is wasted. You're kicking, you know, you're kicking tires on accounts that don't have any interest in moving. They just want to verify they're not overpaying, but they love their guy. They won't really move for anything. And so you start to take all those opportunities and, you know, you see the world half full, glass half full, and it's like you waste a lot of time. But the biggest hurdle of all that is like when he took that away from me, that ability was like, damn, like I feel like I, I'm working on nothing right now. Like my pipeline sucks. You know, because you you will have a smaller pipeline, and that's why that's why I kind of think I adopted the follow up later list because I had to have something where it was like, but but something where it was like, hey, in front of my face, I have people I'm talking to, I have prospects I'm kind of working and, and rela relationships I'm cultivating, but it's not I'm not quoting those deals, right? So I'm, it's not like this is step one. I, I got the information, I got the apps, and now I need lost runs. There wasn't the traditional pipeline like that. Um, but anyways, once I got past that. And, and pass that feeling of like, oh man, yeah, you do have a lot of free time. And so then the question becomes like, what are you doing with that free time? And I think if we're all being honest, you look in the mirror, we're wasting it. I mean, I can't think of, a, I'm not trying to call people out here, but it's just like, if you can't find, I don't care if you're doing your apps, if you're doing, I was doing my own apps at Federated, right? If you cannot find two hours, like give, give me two hours at least. And I'm talking dedicated and not like over-researching, but two hours of hardcore call time, you should be able to bust out 35 calls if you're prepared to 40, 20 calls an hour, because you're only going to talk with a couple people in that time frame. And so if you're ultra prepared, there's just no excuse. And guys, I'm preaching to myself too, right? Like I look at myself, I know we were talking, Trey, a couple weeks ago or a couple episodes ago about like, man, what could you have done better? And how would I grade myself? And, and I, if I was really being honest, it's just, I'm not using my time as effectively as I, as I can be. Um, and I'm not sitting here saying you got to work 20 hours a day, you know, 20 hours a day, right? Or, or 80 you know, hours a day. Or 80 <laughs> hours a day. You don't got to do that. It's just, and that goes back to these commandments, right? Being being organized, uh, making it a priority, and, you know, good things will happen. But I, I yeah, just know I just... If, you're if you're listening to this, we did our coaching call, right? Remember that guy we helped? Uh, um, I can't think of his name right offhand. Um, we called him John Doe, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we don't want to share his name anyway, so I'm glad, <laughs> glad you saved me there. Uh, but anyways, we, we did the call with him, and he was like, man, if I'm really being honest, I'm probably just not making enough calls. And that's what it came down to. But sometimes you need someone else to come from the outside and be like, eh, go ahead. No, I mean, I'm raising my hand saying I'm just as guilty as the next guy. But I, just, I, I want to also just clarify something before we move on. We are not we are definitely not you know into the hustle porn you know we're not here saying like we're not the gary v grind you know that, i mean that's stupid we just, I, I think what we what we are advocating for is being diligent with your time 
get in, get the work done, and then go live your life. I don't think either one of us are advocating for 80-hour work weeks. Um, but I think once you go BOR only, or, you know, pick your spots. But once you go BOR only and, you know, commit to the cold calling, I think you'd be surprised how much your schedule frees up. And I'm going to wrap myself out here a little bit. Um, you know, I had kind of a silver bullet uh, for the last couple of years that I would use for a very specific niche. Well, I just lost that. <laughs> so I am going to have to go. I will have to go all in and, uh, you know, make my calls every day to the to the niche or two that I'm in. I don't have that silver bullet anymore. Um, so it'll be interesting to see it play out. Um, let me go to the next one here. Three, thou shall start with a big ass lead list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was well written. Kudos to you. Um, and I, and all I'm saying there is, uh, you know, I think we underestimate the number of at bats we actually need in order to hit our targets. And, you know, what comes with that is you have to start off with a big enough list. You know, it's like, oh, I've got 100 names. Well, it's like once you start scrubbing those lists and culling people, cull, culling people, meaning getting rid of some people, you're going to realize that, you know, you're probably going to lose about a third of those people on that list or a quarter of the people on the list. You know, either somebody else in your agency is working with them or prospecting them or they're not big enough or they're not who they you thought they were or whatever and so all i'm saying is, is you just need to start out with more names than you think you know so i i think we both kind of advocate for starting out with about 300 names but you know if you can get to if you can get to four or five hundred better for you yeah great point i would add this goes into our um how to kind of get get started fast talk we, we we shared about um you don't need to even get to 300 but to get started making calls like start make get a list of about 100 to 200 built up before you start making the cold calls and you're always cycling on and off right um i mean you're ditching leads or you're putting them further out to call next year or six months from now so um that but that'll get you through like two weeks but uh yeah i mean to your point the other thing is i think you mentioned this in the letter is that just just the bor concept alone is going to is going to filter out like 50 percent because you're not going to convert everybody if we're sticking on this uh, this spiritual spirituality theme. Here. Nah, uh, bro. <laughs> but yeah, you're nah, not going to be able to convert. Yeah, but you're not going to be able to convert unbelievers to saying, "Yeah, I want to quote, my, I want to bor my insurance. I'm open to that." So many people have a bad taste in their mouth, and we we have videos on this how we talk about some of the ways to overcome that. And I think that is one of the things that can set you apart when you explain it well. That'll help get capture some of those non-believers you know what i mean um but it's there's still gonna be a large a, a, a large swath of people who are like no can't do the bor deal um so that'll weed out a lot of people number four thou shall make cold calls every day i think you agree with this by the way for anybody listening uh i did not run any of these commandments by micah these just came out on my own uh, so I have no idea if he agrees with them or not. I, I, you know, considering the amount of time we talk, I have a pretty good idea where he stands. But the reason why, so my thinking is this. If I, 
It's like the Jerry Seinfeld thing. Have you ever seen that? Where he's like, you try to just. He said, you know what? I'm going to write a joke every day. And he put a big calendar on the wall. Right. And so I'm not going to try to write 30 today or 50. I'm just going to write one. If I write one every day at the end of the year, I have 365 jokes. And so he would just put a calendar up on. He'd put a red X every time he did it. You know, a little bit every day, a little bit every day. And, it, you know, over time you look up and you're like, wow, that's a, that's an impressive body of work. And so that's all I'm saying with the cold calls is I think just hitting it every day because what I find is when I take a day or two off or God forbid a week off or whatever, and then it's like hanging over my head, it's like this weight, this, and then and then the phone gets heavier, the, the reluctance gets, you know, it's palpable and it just like, but if, if you just clip it every day, boom, 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 it just, to me, it just works way better that way. 1000% agree with you on that one. It's I just came back from Thanksgiving. So didn't make cold calls for five days, you know, all last week. And then yeah, I started making some yesterday afternoon. And it was like, speaking gibberish, right? First, it's just, and I've been doing this for 12 years plus, you know, in other industries, but yeah, so stick with it. It's like anything kind of like weightlifting or working out too. It's like you, you get out of it for even just, you could be in peak condition. And if you get out of it for like a week, come back that next week it's like oh man this is freaking tough um so yeah no that's a good that's a great point and i would say real world so like for me i struggle like monday mornings are just never like making cold calls so i really got to prioritize my monday afternoons for that and uh the same with fridays i usually don't make calls after about noon um just something i just don't do and haven't <laughs> and you know, it's worked okay for me. I'm not abdicating that. I know some people are hardcore believers in catching people at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon. That's fine if you want to do that. Again, I think you and I, Trey, are not hustle porn guys. But and if you do that, I'm not saying you're a hustler or, you know, you're, you're working too hard or that's a bad thing. It's just for me, I like to not do that on Friday afternoons. So I got to really prioritize the Friday morning and the Monday afternoon. Because if I don't, then what happens is I go Thursday is my last cold call. I could go all the way from missing Friday, Monday, then I'm trying to make them Tuesday morning. I'm like, oh man, there's a four days of not calling a stranger, right? So. I agree. Uh, number five. I worded this wrong. Yeah, you uh, did. I would change it different. Thou shall only sell to the decision maker. What I'm trying to say is, is you only want to set a meeting with the decision maker. We're trying to weed out, you know, <laughs> The, you'll be surprised how many people you'll talk to that'll take a meeting with you that have absolutely no stake in the decision process. Makes them feel important, gives them status, you know, like a lot of, you know, a lot of times they'll do it just to be a barrier between you and the decision maker. They're kind of the filter, but man, don't, don't give someone your spiel if they're not the, uh, if they're not the decision maker. My first thing I ask is if I call in and I don't know who I'm trying to get in touch with. I ask the lady, hey, who's in charge of the insurance program? And then he or she's going to tell me. And then when I talk to them, I usually say, hey, who else is involved in the decision-making process? Try to get all the stakeholders involved. Worst thing you can do is pitch Susie, the receptionist, who has absolutely no stake in the matter, only to find out after you meet with her <laughs> that she's the receptionist. <laughs> and she's going to give your info to Bob. It's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> Done it so many times. Uh, I, there's something key that I think a lot of people miss in this part. And this is something I didn't really 
understand until I adopted uh, Justin Michaels' talk track. But when he uses the word in charge, I notice this distinctly. When I say the word in charge or says, hey, who handles or who helps or do you, do you handle the insurance? Handle is such a soft word. And what happens is you end up kind of filtering yourself into the person who just handles it, meaning they just, they're the middleman, but they're not the decision maker. I like that. And yeah, I get it. Yeah. And when I say the word in charge, it's funny. I even have people on the, like a lot of times when I'm making cold calls, I say in charge, people are like, well, I, I, I help with it, but in charge is actually just in the owner. And I get that. I, I can't tell you guys listening, like how many times I get that. And that was one of the biggest things that I changed in, in my whole script, just any, any script or talk track I use on, my, on the phones. I always say the word in charge. And I think the reason we don't like it is because it comes across maybe it feels like aggressive or, you know, I don't know. But, um, man, just start, just start adopting it. Start saying it instead of handle. And you will notice uh, a big improvement. Um, I wanted to also add one caveat here is, if you're selling commercial insurance, which you guys listening are, to, to lower middle market accounts or people just paying under 150000 150000 or less or even 200000 especially in the construction world, there is a lot of times it's like the office manager or the controllers who you kind of got to go through. And it's not the worst thing in the world to set a meeting with them. But you want to know before you go into that meeting, and that's where you can kind of filter this out on the phone call, like, okay, if you're going to that meeting under the assumption they are the decision maker, that's your mistake. You should go into that meeting under the assumption like, okay, I know this is not the final decision maker, but this is the gatekeeper. So I got to go there, press them, put on a dog and pony show. And then they got to kind of filter my message to the owner. And then hopefully the owner will get there at the final meeting or, you know, something like that line. So sometimes you will have to go that route and there's, you don't want to walk away from opportunities just because you can't get the decision maker on the phone before even taking a first meeting. So that's all I would caution people is like, don't discount again. Don't because I'm saying this from experience, office managers, controllers, um, there's just a lot of times they help the construction owner handle the insurance. Cause guess who hates handling insurance more than anybody contractors. Right. And, um, they just don't like it. They want to go do plumbing or they want to bid on jobs or estimate. They don't want to freaking be doing insurance. So, so basically you just completely undermined, uh, commandment number five. <laughs> well, Hey, you didn't run it by me, but I kind of agree. I agree partially. I would give it like a thumbs up. <laughs> Yeah, just saying yeah let, let's just say you need to know who all the stakeholders are right and strategically you like because here's the thing we've talked about this before uh you can set a gazillion meetings like i remember i think my first year second year with the old agency i won like the new meeting set thing for the young producers but i did not have the revenue to go with it you know i mean i had a decent year but i definitely didn't have the revenue to go with it i mean should i based off of, I don't know, 80, 70 or 80 new business meetings or whatever, you know, it just, uh, I didn't have a $200,000 a year because yeah. the thing is, it's like, I can get, I can, I can get meetings. If you want meetings, I can get meetings, you know, but doesn't mean it's going to be the right person. So but all you know I'm how you solve is, for is that? that, you know, how you solve for that. It's the, phone, it's the power of the phone meeting. So it's like, you're talking to Susie and you're like, Hey, I just want to set up, do you have 15 minutes just to chat? I know I caught you off guard, whatever. And, and instead of going there in person, you just have a quick 10 minute phone call with who this person that you probably think is not the ultimate decision maker, right? I'm not going to drive two hours to meet with an office manager unless like I vetted her out on the phone and she's like, yes, I am the decision maker. I've been doing this for 25 years. John, trust me with his life. I'm pretty much, I have to run it by him, but I am the person, you know? So anyway, sorry, I cut no, you off. 
No, no, that's fair. That's one thing that you and I do differently is you you do you do what ninety percent of your first meetings on the phone. I do now. I I never used to be that way. It just I used to do almost a hundred percent in person, and then it just after COVID, you know, people change, man. I mean, times change. Uh, you got to kind of move with the times. And I'm still an advocate of first meeting in person if I can. But if it's like a two hour or three hour drive, I'd rather just have that no. first phone call to make sure we're on the same page, right? So, hundred percent. Um, yeah. No, I'm 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 with you hundred percent. I. Uh... If they're local, though, I will, I will try to always meet in person. I'll, I'll be like, hey, can I can I come out in person? If they're within a forty-five to an hour drive, I will try to meet in person. Like if they, you know, if yeah. they're open to it. You know, if they're like, hey, yeah. I'd rather let's talk first. I'm like, cool, that's fine. I'm not going to walk away from that opportunity. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, all right, well, that's five, uh, and I have a lovely training thing here in the next fifteen minutes. Anything else you wanted to go over before we wrap this thing up? Um, no, I, nothing I can really think of off the, the top of my head. I think we kind of covered it. I just say, you know, if you're a faithful listener of this show, thank you. And, um, if you've noticed, we've probably haven't put out a show in like a month. So, um, thanks to Trey, but he's just got five kids and, you know, it seems like one sick every other week. So <laughs> dude, we had <laughs> a stomach bug. Goes. We had a stomach bug two weeks ago. We had the flu this week. Uh, and then I canceled on you yesterday because I just got my new chompers in. If you've been following us for any amount of time, you probably heard me allude to the fact that uh, you probably seen me without having teeth in because uh, I got knocked out. And so I had to get new uh, chompers put in. So yesterday they shot me up like 10 times in the roof of my mouth and it freaking hurt like hell, bro. Oh. All the whole inside of my mouth, my gums, all of it is just bruised. Hurts like hell. Oh. Uh, so anyways but now i got some new chompers trying to learn how to talk with them this feels weird but um yeah we we appreciate you listening and um if you have not already please go to oh uh update we are um you're going to be seeing new uh website address new urls um we're going to be moving the site to a new spot um i'll m more info on that uh, eventually but gonna just redoing some things so if you hear a, a new url at the end or whatever just don't be surprised but um yeah we appreciate it go to maxrevenuletter.beehive.com and subscribe best damn newsletter in the industry uh, mike is doing some cool stuff over on youtube as he mentors up ian cognito and uh of course if you're looking for a playbook that takes you from a to z basically starting with lead lists and cold calls and all that and the script and how to get in the door and how to set your meetings and what to say in the meetings, how to close with a BOR, yada, yada, yada. We have the producer playbook and it's a whopping 197, which we ran no Cyber Monday or Black Friday deals. Uh, a, because I just didn't feel good. But B, it's like, I mean, Jesus, it's 197 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shoot. I mean, that's a night out. That's a night out with the boys, you know? I mean, what do you, what did you pay for a college course? Like, what was that like uh probably four thousand bucks a course for i don't know what it breaks down to for a credit you know for a three-hour credit i didn't pay scholarship well, athlete, you, were, baby. you were gifted and talented i did get a partial well, scholarship i had a no uh so scholarship in the first three years and then uh i had that c average and then um and then the 
the Oakland A's after I <laughs> after I got basically re- fired or released. It was part of my contract that they would go back and pay for me to finish school. Uh, so yeah, That's I never cool. paid for both. Can't never paid for college. Thank God, my brother's thirty-seven. He still got student loans, and he was a college athlete too. Uh, but wow. somehow he racked up enough. Uh, you know, whatever. Who knows, dude? I yeah, I graduated with seventeen grand in debt. Had it paid off. Actually, thanks to the insurance industry. When I got into insurance, the main reason was for the money and. I was able to pay off that, pay for my wedding, all that stuff, thanks to insurance. And um, so, yeah. But also, I would, that was a state school. I paid my own way. I mean, kids are coming out now with 50 to 100K. I don't know how they're going to pay that off, but uh, go to trade school. Yeah. <laughs> go sell insurance. Go start an agency, work your way up, and then, you know, find an agency that won't, won't discriminate against you because you didn't want to go 50 to 100 grand in debt. Dude, if I had, if I owned my own company, well, I do actually, but <laughs> this is it. Um, but like, if we hired people, I wouldn't give two rips if somebody had a college degree. Like, honestly, I I am actively like laying like undermining college to my kids, even though they're like yeah. nine, seven, whatever. And and my wife Rachel, she's like, oh, do you know, college is it? I'm like, it's the biggest scam of all time. And like, I'm trying like my oldest daughter Colette should be like dad I, you know i want to go to lsu and da, da, da. i'm like do you really want to go to college though i mean like why don't you, you know <laughs> I'm, al- I'm already trying to undermine that yeah sweetie go work at you know you know um mcdonald's is paying 20 bucks an hour to start <laughs> well you can go to chick-fil-a you can go work at chick-fil-a and then end up being your own proprietor getting your own proprietorship within like 10 yeah. years one of my buddies did that he's got two that dude makes dude. bank Really cool story, then I'll let you run because I know you got your exciting training you got to do. A buddy of mine just became CEO of a, of a franchise company, like the actual corporate franchise. They're called Topper's Pizza. And so they have, I, I want to say 80 locations and then like 20 franchise locations. So pretty. Never heard of them. Doing, well, they're in the Midwest, right? And they're kind of expanding outward from Wisconsin, but they're headquartered where we went to school, where this kid grew up. Hey, I'd rather be Sir, a top than you bottom. Yeah. And the company's name is called Toppers. Speaking of top. <laughs> Anyways. So yeah. Toppers Pizza. Anyways, my friend Adam, dude, he starts as a pizza delivery driver, works his way up, goes into management, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward. That was at age 17, 18. He's now 38. Just became CEO of Toppers. How cool is that? That is awesome. So the American dream is there. alive. You just got to get off your ass and go do something, you know, but nobody wants to hear that. Yes. Yes, I agree. And if you are listening to this and you were thinking about calling or status, and if you're listening to this and thinking of calling Adam, my friend at now CEO of toppers, don't because I still need to get my foot in that door to sell them some insurance. So get off my prospects. Yeah. Get off. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, all right, everybody. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week, hopefully, as long as no yeah. bugs come through the Shield household again. Adios. Adios.